At Operation Tango Romeo, we are on a mission to save lives and relieve pain by making help for PTS injuries easily accessible with a vision of a world where the path to recovery is clear. I am your OPSO, Mark Meinke, and this is Operation Tango Romeo, the Trauma Recovery Podcast. Rolling in three, two, one, cue music. And a wonderful start to the day on Operation Tango Romeo, the Trauma Recovery Podcast. Today, live from Rochester, New York, we have Michelle Ladd. Michelle, thank you so much for making the time today. Thanks for having me, Mark. I'm honored. It's fantastic. Well, we are on the same mission, so I'm looking forward to getting to know um, the work that you do and introducing that to my audience. So, uh, you are the founder of National Veteran Resources, and uh, let's talk. Uh, start with your link to the veteran community. Let's talk about your boys. Okay, so I'm a proud mother of two veterans. My oldest son, Tom, is a Marine, and my younger son, Tyler, served in the Navy. They're both out now. But when my oldest son went off to Iraq on his second tour, I noticed a big change in my son and um, I decided as a real estate broker that I wanted to do a little more to thank those that protect and serve us. And I started a program called Heroes Home Advantage and it's a rebate program for heroes when they buy and sell homes. And just organically by working with hundreds in my community, um, they started sharing their stories so I was working with service members and police officers and firefighters and EMS, and I got to go on ride-alongs with them and hear their stories. And so that's where my passion started to help raise awareness to post-traumatic stress and also help with suicide prevention and however God led me. And it's been quite a journey. When I came back from my tour of duty, uh, it was really hard on my parents. Uh, my mom talks about it, and they were desperate for help. They didn't know what to do, um, and there was no help back then in the 90s. Uh, what sort of changes did you see in your boy when he came back from a second tour of Iraq? He was quiet. He wouldn't talk to me about anything during his uh, nine months there, the second tour. He started to talk to me about not being able to sleep and that the VA put him on Ambien and he told me about the side effects of Ambien. But the biggest thing that I saw was he wouldn't go to restaurants with me anymore. And he did share with me a few times he went to the grocery store and had a cart full of groceries and had a, an anxiety attack. He had no idea what it was and he left his groceries and had to go out in his car. And he um, went to school afterwards to be a police officer, got the GI Bill, went four years. And uh, he decided because of his PTSD that he couldn't be a police officer. So he became a EMS and then a firefighter. And um, he was having major anxiety attacks, especially as an EMS. So Maybe he did share those things with me. 
he was going out of the frying pan and into the fryer. What was it yeah. about uh, policing that he just couldn't do it? Uh, I think he thinks people are stupid. He has no patience and no tolerance. I think he, he didn't say it, but I think he was afraid he might harm somebody mm -hmm. uh, just because he, he hadn't dealt with the PTSD at that point. What was the point where he finally reached out for help for PTSD and where did he find that help? Uh, I encouraged him many times to go to the VA. Um, also, I had a lot of connections with all the organizations in the area. So I did get him to talk to one of the counselors outside of the VA because he was so tired of the VA. And uh, he actually had an incident where he was actually drinking a lot. Um, he became a father and he got into some trouble as a firefighter. So he actually was forced to go to a 30 day PTSD clinic for firefighters. So when I tell you I'm a mama that, that lives it, I'm a mama that lives it. Well, thank God that he was treated with that kindness and respect. There's uh, a fellow that I haven't met personally, but he, was, he served in the same regiment as me. And he was part of Edmonton Police. And then he acted like soldiers tend to act. And um, despite his fame, he was uh, the, uh, the top sniper in the world at one point. And um, he got fired for his behavior. Uh, from the Edmonton Police Service, instead of compassion and understanding, saying, like, "Well, this is a war veteran, <laughs> just acting like an army guy, Max," and maybe some compassion instead of getting rid of him. But uh, it's really nice to hear that uh, your boy found compassion with the fire department. He did. He's no longer a firefighter. Um, he now works at the medical examiner's office with death all day and all night. Into the frying pan. Yeah, let me tell you, that is, that's so hard for me. And he'll tell me stories and I'm like, honey, I don't want to hear these stories, but I don't want to stop him from talking to me. But the things that he tells me, and he loves the job. Yeah. And sometimes he finds humor in it. And I find that very disturbing. <laughs> we call but it, I understand that that's pretty normal. Yeah, it is. It's, uh, it's gallows humor. And it's a coping mechanism. That's uh, what he tells me. Once you are away from that uh, for a long time, uh, maybe it'll take 20 years to, to be away from it, the things you used to joke about actually provide you horror. Because although joking about it is, is an effective coping mechanism, it's not the best coping mechanism because you're really suppressing the horror of, of it just to survive that. Yes. Um, uh, tell me a bit about the resources that you provide. You, there's a number of programs for uh, that National Veteran Resources has, three or four programs I saw there. Yeah. So what happened was four years ago, I left New York and I took my dog. We moved to Georgia okay. and I decided I wanted to do something even more than just the real estate rebates. And I got an RV. And I put some graphics on it of a police officer and a firefighter and an EMS and a veteran and started traveling the country. So in these travels, I started meeting in the last four years, thousands of who I call heroes. And I started interviewing organizations all over the country, nonprofit organizations that help with post-traumatic stress. So on my website, nationalveteranresources.com, I have a whole list from state to state of those that almost all of them I have visited all over the country in these RVs.
Um, I'm on my fourth RV. It's uh, going to be getting wrapped very soon here. We're leaving tomorrow, actually. But uh, the main resources that I fully support is Brett Cotter. Brett uh, does Stress is Gone. And there are more alternative type of programs. He does meditation. He does this mindset thing. And I have sent so many veterans to him. And in one session, they tell me out of all the resources that I have found and given them, Brett and Kirk. Um, Kirk does, Kirk Poe does the mind, uh, the, let's see, it's the body code and the emotion code. And it's a very alternative type of, I actually did a session with him. And it's, it's about taking that trauma and putting it away and it never comes back. So that may take a few sessions, obviously, but I have found in recovery, those are two really amazing tools. Um, they will offer it to anybody in the world and it's free to veterans. Um, so what I try to do is I actually send donations to them to thank them for helping my veterans and they never want to accept it, but that's one of the things that I do fundraising for. You'll have to send me links to those resources and I'll put that in the show okay. notes and uh, uh, maybe an introduction. I'll get them on the show. Uh, something for your resources that uh, I, I, <laughs> I'm a big believer in um, just a show or two ago is the Better Brain book. So uh, this mm. just came out a month ago and it's about uh, nutrition and micronutrients um, and how they help PTSD, anxiety, and all the uh, symptoms of PTSD. But it's good, good stuff, scientifically proven, and it's <laughs> it's a great way to start. It increases resilience as well. So, um, so I will share that. Anything that you can share with me, I will share. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the, one of the four pillars of this show is we are an aggregate for healing and coping resources. So that's why I reach out to people like yourself when I see you doing great work out there to share what you're doing and, and what works and also tap into your network a little bit because um, there is so much confusion out there about what should I do, what help is available, and the more that that can get cleared up, the better. So doing my best on this end to bring as much as I can to as many people as I can. I hear you. You're doing an amazing job. Thank you. Um, I would like to tell you about the Mothers of Veterans Suicide Group. Please do. That's that's some heavy stuff there. Um, so as a mom traveling the country trying to help save our veterans and our heroes, I started meeting the moms. And I'm a mom that's so worried about my kid every day. And I met the first mom I met, her son had passed, taken his life just two weeks previous to her meeting me. I'll never forget it. She brought me gifts because I was in this big RV wrapped in the American flag and she wanted to thank me. So she gave me a lot of resources in the community and I reach out to the communities. I traveled to American legions all over the country. So then I met another mother and another mother and another mother. So um, almost a year ago, I started a Facebook group, Mothers of Veteran Suicide. It's a very private group. It's a place for them to share, to laugh, to cry, to share memories. And I had no idea um, what I had created, but I have met um, 
more than 20 of the 39 mothers I now have in my group. So I decided to take a tour in October and November of last year, and I actually traveled to many states to visit these mothers. They called the news reporters, resources from all over came out. Um, so yeah, uh, almost every other day I'm getting a new mother. And, and uh, organically, I'm then meeting the children and the husbands and the fathers and the grandparents and the loved ones and the friends. So um, yesterday I got a new mom and she shared, uh, I always ask them to introduce themselves, share a story of their child. There's 38 sons, one daughter. And actually one mother lost twin sons and then her daughter all to suicide. So my heart is heavy. It's what I do is heavy. Um, yesterday I got a new mom and I'll never forget this. She sent me three links. They were YouTube links and I had no idea what I was about to hear. And I think this, um, I needed to share this. She actually shared the 911 call of her son Patrick's suicide and the girlfriend walked in and found him. And I heard the recording of the screaming and the sobbing and the pleading and the 911 director the dispatcher telling her to cut him down and I lost it. So when I tell you I have a passion to help our veterans, our service members, our first responders not to die by suicide, um, we're leaving tomorrow. We're packing up the Hero Mobile and we're um, on a three week trip to meet nine of the mothers in three of the states to raise awareness in their communities. We're going to American Legions, we're doing events, and it's a, it's a public awareness to the signs of PTS, um, to the warning signs of suicide. And with the mother's help, I'm starting to make a bit of an impact. Um, so I share messages, I'm on every social media outlet you can imagine, and my message is to please never give up hope or faith. There are people that care. We are living the gypsy life, living in parking lots and emptying septic tanks. We're, we're here. I want, us, I want them to contact us. We're not, I'm not a therapist or counselor, but there is help out there. I will find them the help, whatever it is. Most of them don't want to go to the VA anymore. So I find local resources or I'll send them to, I raise money to send them to a facility. It could be 3,000 miles away. I don't care. I'll come up with the money. And I just want the men and women that protect and serve us to know that you're not alone. You are loved. You have been through horrible traumas. There's no doubt. But there is a way to get help. And I'm only one of millions and millions and millions that are willing to help. And that's my message um, every single day is wherever I am right now, I'm in a, I don't even know where I am. I'm in a campground somewhere in New York in a, in a trailer right now, but I'm, um, I'm here taking the time to talk with Mark today because his passion is deep. And um, it's, it's important that I spend every moment trying to help, it's my ministry. But my message is that you're not alone. There's help out there for you. If I can't help, because um, there's a lot of things I can't do, um, I'll find you the help. And I just, I, I want everybody to know that. Well, 
some people share this show as a modality of hope, of help for people that can't go to the VA in Canada. It's VAC, uh, Veterans Affairs Canada. Um, okay. Uh, so this is the stepping stone to therapy um, because this is all some people can do is listen to the show. That's all the strength that mm-hmm. they have. Anything else is just too intimidating, too scary, too overwhelming. Yes. Uh, what is the barrier to the, the VA in the States? Why are uh, so many veterans choosing not to go to the VA right now? I've heard all kinds of stories. Several of the mothers lost their sons in the VA parking lot because they went for help. They asked for help. They filled out the form. They said they were suicidal and they were given an appointment. One of them particularly was given an appointment to come back three months later. I, I think the VA is a great institute, but I think that they need uh, from only from what the veterans are telling me and the mothers are telling me, I'm, I know nothing about the VA because I'm not in the system, but that they need more help. They need, um, they are trying to do a thing called make the connection. I follow that quite often. It's about sharing veteran stories and offering all of these um, different types of therapies, but they have a thing called the vet center. So if anybody's listening in the States and you have the vet center, reach out to the vet center. They are funded by the VA, but they don't share their records with the VA. Most of them are veterans themselves. And I think that's also helpful in therapy. But the older generation, when I talk to the Vietnam veterans, they're almost all, almost all of them are happy with the VA. It's the younger generation, the 20, 30 year olds, 40 year olds that are dying by suicide more than 22 a day because they feel like um, with my own son, he tells me that um, he just feels like he's a number. All they keep doing is trying to put him on, uh, I will tell you this, they try to put him on nothing but medications and he got addicted to the medications and was abusing the VA meds. Um, and a lot of them say, all they're trying to do is put me on meds. I'm on 18 medications. And, uh, so they get discouraged and, uh, I'm saying the VA as a whole, I'm not, I, I'm not pro or con. I'm only sharing what I'm hearing from the mothers that lost. There's 39 mothers out there that have lost their sons and daughters because they couldn't get help from the VA or they wouldn't get help. A lot of them are too proud. They say they don't need help. So that's not the VA's fault, but I think they were all in the system and somehow they slipped through the cracks. Making that first phone call for help, it's a thousand pound telephone. It's the hardest call I've ever made in my life. And that's how it is for most of us when we finally reach out for help. So I completely understand somebody dying by suicide in the parking lot because they went out for help and they said, see you in three months. Um, Because by the time you reach out for help, you're already so goddamn desperate that there's, I mean, you got nothing left in the tank. And that's called sanctuary trauma. When you go to a place that's supposed to help you, it's supposed to be a nice, warm place to land, a safe place to land. Um, and they don't got your back. They're not there mm-hmm. for you. That, um, it, if you're, when you're already on the edge, it's very understandable that that's enough to tip somebody over and it's a problem. Uh, the, so your choices are either alternates to the, to, uh, the VA or getting it earlier than that. So what yeah. are some of the signs, uh, uh, signs and warning signs of uh, somebody that is about to take their life. Uh, what is it that you, that, uh, you, that you teach people about that? So all of my 
things that I teach come from the moms sharing their stories and the thousands of veterans. So what I hear is I can't sleep. I can't eat. Um, I'm angry. That's one of the big ones. I'm angry all the time. I have a problem with relationships. I can't keep a relationship. My spouse and I are not doing well. I want to isolate. I mean, there's a list of a hundred different warning signs. Those are some of them. They get triggered very easy. Um, they having, they're having anxiety. They're not taking care of their health mentally and physically. And the moms share these stories, what they saw, they all say to me, I wish I would have seen the signs sooner. I wish I would have known the signs. Many of them say, I've never, I just met uh, two veterans yesterday that never even heard of 22 a day. My tours are called Operation 22 to Zero. So um, I think it's educating families of what to look for. And that's why I do what I do. Um, these moms are helping me educate the, the local families um, on what to look for and how to get the help. And we're involving the American Legions and the VFWs. We do um, awareness events. When we leave here um, on Saturday, we'll be in Ohio and Johnny took his life. He was an American Legion member. He left a beautiful wife, two beautiful little girls. His mother's in my group. And they're doing uh, an awareness event. They're doing a 5K. And I'll be talking about the signs to look for and how to get help. One of the things that have that has kept me personally from the cliff, because uh, unfortunately, suicidal ideations are an old friend of mine. I know them very, very well. And um, there's anchors. So for myself, um, the greatest anchors are my children. I know it will destroy them. And um, so even when I, every ounce of me wants to step off the planet, I don't because I know what it'll do to my kids. I was wondering if you are able to share a little bit about the impact on families that, um, what that really looks like. Some of the moms take us to the cemeteries. If you follow me, um, you'll see the family we're going to see on Saturday actually took us to the cemetery. They had all the family members there. And then they took us out to lunch or dinner afterwards. And Johnny's three-year-old daughter started crying because she missed her daddy. He's been gone just over a year. And she just kept saying, I miss my daddy. I miss my daddy. I miss my daddy. The mother's some of these mothers are suicidal. Some of their siblings are suicidal. Um, I just talked to TAPS. TAPS is an amazing organization here. It's a transition assistance. Um, they do postvention. They were telling me that the survivors, the family members, the loved ones are four times greater at risk to take their own lives. But when I see these little children um, some of the guys had four children. Some of them had little infants. So when you talk about your children, I don't, as a mom, I don't understand it. Um, I have, I have family members out there that can no longer work. I have family members that found their child with a gunshot wound to the head. 
they are forever scarred. Um, I'm, I talk to these moms. There's no greater love, I think, than a mother's love. And to know that their child was suffering so much that they took their lives in most of them the most horrific way. I've heard it all. Mm-hmm. To know that, um, I'll, I'll tell you, we're visiting a mother that is was left with one of her son's children, one of four of the children who's a 17-year-old autistic child, because the mother didn't want that child after the her husband died. So I did a fundraiser for her to raise some money to buy him some clothes. It's her grandson. Um, I have another mother that uh, cannot work any longer. She just keeps having um, horrible memories. I have another mother that found her. I have, I have a couple that their sons actually took their lives while their mother was in the house. Um, they're, they're, I, I meet the fathers. I meet the children. We have one mom who was left with two small grandchildren. Um, so some of these families are left with surviving children. The children are suffering, the siblings are suffering, the loved ones are suffering. And I just, I can't do enough because meeting these families and, and I've interviewed hundreds of veterans and they all talk about multiple suicide attempts. We leave a message of hope and faith after, but you, I can tell a veteran a mile away. I can tell a veteran with PTSD. I see that stare. Um, I make them shake my hand and tell me uh, they have to repeat after me. If I need help, I will ask for help. I have a challenge coin that says that on my challenge coin and it has my website on the bottom and on the other side of it, it says you are not alone. Um, I've got to send you aside um, a, a copy of my suicide prevention cards. So it's a pledge card. And on one side, um, because it's a tough topic, right? Like, how do you say, it is. hey, are you suicidal? Like, it's uh, it's a little awkward. And um, so what the card is, is that it's like, look, um, when, you, when you present it to somebody, look, I'm not saying you're suicidal, but I'm just saying I'm a worry ward. So could you do me a favor? It would really help me because uh, veterans tend to be very healthy people and they don't want others to, to, to be upset or um, so, well, could you do me a favor and put your name on here? What you're doing is you're creating a contract. When they actually put their name on the card, it says, I, Bob Smith, have decided that I will never die by suicide. Instead, when uh, I will ask for help. And then on the back of the card is all the, all the relevant, um, hotlines and resources. And, um, that, that has helped me, uh, because unfortunately when I, when I slide, when the light goes out and I slide into the dark and I'm completely and totally obsessed with suicide, with, uh, suicidal thoughts, uh, and start to think the world would be better off without me, et cetera, et cetera, all the crap and lies that, that go into your head. Uh, when that voice starts up, um, I remember that I made that promise. So, right. you know, it's one of my anchors. My my children are definitely my primary anchor, but that's another anchor. And the more anchors that you have that keep you on the planet, um, the better. And everybody's different. Different things will resonate with different people. But um, I'll, I'll send you a copy of what that is uh, if you're interested in, in having something oh, similar. Anything. 
any tool that I could use and I make them, I, when I hand them that card or I hand them that cone, I make them the, um, the coin, I make them look me in the eyes and they look away and they'll say, I can't say that. I can't repeat after that. I'm like, no, you're going to look me in the eyes because I'm not going to leave you until you look me in the eyes and you tell me that. And I'll get, um, I just started doing that about six months ago. So I'll get a call and they'll say, I was feeling in a bad way and I pulled out your coin from my pocket and I know that I made a difference in his life at that moment. And I hope the next time he has that obsession and ideation that he pulls it out again or calls me. They all know they they all get my cell phone number. Um, but I love what you're doing and I'm going to share the heck out of it. <laughs> I appreciate you so much. Well, I appreciate you. It's um, and for our listeners and for yourself, the most from a guy that knows that's uh, uh, that that's had the knife ready and has tried and and really tried to muster up the courage to open up my wrists, um, and has been obsessed with those thoughts. Luckily, I've been free of them for probably a month. It's it's a bit of relief. Just a but, month. Uh, yeah, they come and go. Um, uh, so it's a constant battle, but um, but I keep winning. So for Thanks, the list, I'm gonna pray for you. For, for, for the listeners that uh, have had st similar struggles, know that healing does happen and that it does get more manageable. Um, the most dangerous lie that we tell ourselves, the one that I think puts people over the, uh, the edge more than anything, probably isn't, I can't take it anymore. It's probably the world is better off without me. When somebody leaves their children behind or their wife behind, I know it's in their head because it's been in my head. They're better off without me. And they think that because of their temper. When they look in horror at the, um, uh, at, at the impact that their screaming match just had on their children, then they realize, oh, fuck. I know that I can't stop with the anger. I know I don't know how to control it. So I'm going to fall on the sword and self-sacrifice. And that is probably the most powerful driver for suicide from my mm -hmm. personal experience, but it's a fucking lie. Yeah. It's a lie. It it's a lie that our ego is telling us. It is a demon on your shoulder that is telling you this lie. The world is not better off without you. Your children, no matter what type of arsehole you are, your children are not better off without you. No. If you take your life, if you die by suicide, it will be worse than any temper tantrum that you could have. And you can't fix suicide. You can fix your temper. You can. And there are healing resources. And that's what Tango Romeo is all bloody about. Is Because if one resource is not for you, that's fine. You don't need to go to the VA. I've got 78 others that are, here's the list. And groups. And it's for, um, it's not just Canada. It's the world. So um, there's ketamine clinics all across the states. Find one, um, but don't quit. Just yeah. don't quit because you can't unquit. It's a, right. it's a permanent decision, but you can heal. You can because I have been. And I know it sucks, but you can do it. Keep going. Yeah. Never give up hope or faith. That's it. It's the, the loss of hope is, um, 
brutal, you know, uh, without that hope. And I guess that's also part of the show. I, whenever I talk to people like yourself, it is a beacon of hope where people realize, oh, and maybe that what this conversation is doing for somebody, even just one person is providing an extra thread of strength. Because sometimes it's all you need. If you're hanging on by the skin of your teeth, you just need that tiny little bit to, to clump of grass to hang on to, to keep you from going over the cliff. But the work that you do really, really matters, Michelle. And just the fact that you're doing it um, shows that people are not forgotten and that there are people there that, that care. Thank you. I want to tell you, I don't think you saw a picture of the back of the RV. We're getting it wrapped next week. It's actually being gifted to us on the back of the RV. The the side of the RV in the front is operation 22 to zero on the side of it is a thank you to our veterans says, we pray for you. We are in awe of your bravery. We thank you for your sacrifices. It's amazing. Um, On the back of it, I have the suicide ribbon. And every mother is going to have her child's name on the back of my RV. And I don't want one of your listeners' names to be submitted to me to be on the back of my RV. I don't. Have them, whatever they need to do, Mark, whatever you need to share with them, um, there's so many people out there that care and there's so many, so, so many resources. So I hope they reach out to you, um, or reach out to me or any, any organization. I love Catamine. I've, I've heard about that. I need to look into that a little bit more. There's a clinic opening up here in Calgary. I had, um, them on, if you want to listen about that, um, uh, I think it was episode 115. Um, okay. I talk about psych- psychedelics a few times on the show. Uh, they have great, great promise. And again, um, I w- through your fundraising, I would seriously suggest having a thousand copies of this book everywhere that you go, uh, giving it to mm-hmm. veterans. Because if nothing else, getting the proper um, uh, multi uh, nutrient, like the right ones, not the you know the cheap crap from Walmart, but the real stuff mm-hmm. and the proper mm-hmm. stuff, it does help. And it could be just enough of a foothold for somebody to um, overcome their symptoms just enough to start reaching out for help and at least keep them from suicide. Um, so I definitely suggest that book all day long. I'm, uh, I carry it with me everywhere I'll, I go. And um, so fundraising has been really challenging for us here, especially. And um, so I try to get I try to do Facebook fundraising and stuff like that what we do is very expensive for the travel and having to be put in the campgrounds and everything. Cause we literally, I've traveled over 90,000 miles. I'm pulling a 42 foot RV with a diesel Ford F two (laughs) fifty. And uh, so when I have extra money, I buy these things and I hand them out to veterans for free and first responders. That's fantastic. Well, Hope you have a special spot in your uh, RV wrap for the Operation Tango Romeo lo- logo so people can download their uh, their podcast for free. That's I will share it. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking for sponsorship. It's $20,000 to have the logo on the oh, RV. My <laughs> gosh. There you go. <laughs> yeah. You've got to spare 20K. Come on. And that's, that's 20,000 American. So it's about a million dollars Canadian, I think. <laughs> More or so less. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. So where's your first stop going to be when the tour starts up right away here? 
So we're going to uh, Bealsville, Ohio. Okay. And uh, there's an event, a 5K suicide awareness event for in memorial for Johnny. Johnny was in his early 30s. Um, from there, we're stopping in Grafton, Ohio. We're visiting with two mothers. Um, and when I visit with the mothers, I send Randy away and the mothers sit with me quietly one-on-one -on -one, and I'll sit with them for five hours. I let them talk. I let them cry. I hear their story. I hear of the suicide. Um, I love them. I comfort them. I always have gifts for them. So I'm meeting two of the moms. Um, we're then going to Chicago, Illinois. We have somebody that has gifted us the new wrap. So we'll be in a hotel for five days while it's being wrapped with our two dogs. Um, from there, we're heading to Michigan to uh, three separate areas in Michigan where we're doing an outreach to four mothers. And then Chicago is having us come back. There's a big event in the town of New Lenox and they expect five to 6,000 uh, people at this event, 4th of July. And we actually are gonna have the stage for half an hour and they want the newly wrapped hero mobile there at their, their event. And then we'll be heading back to New York. So it's about a 3,000 mile tour, three weeks. We'll be staying in a lot of parking lots because uh, we try not to pay for campgrounds too much. Yeah, but and, uh, in a hurry. It, it does. Um, but it's a it's a memorial trip. It's an honor trip. It thanks our heroes. When you see the actual RV with the new wrap, you'll see why we can make a difference just by the display. On the whole thing is wrapped in the flag. That's the entire wonderful. RV. Michelle, thank you so much for the work that you do, and thank you thank for you, making time to be here today. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. <laughs> I appreciate you. You're listening to you Operation. Thank you. You're listening to Operation Tango Romeo, the Trauma Recovery Podcast. Please stay on the line. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in. Now I've got a favor to ask you. And I know everybody asks for the same favor, but it's really, really important. If you can help, do your little bit by going to Apple Podcasts, leaving a rating and a comment. That would be awesome. Also, on your favorite podcast platform, whether that be Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, or whatever floats your boat and blows your hair back, please click follow. And if there's an option there for rating, please do so. And this is why. Every time you click like, leave a rating, leave a comment, what happens is that it makes it easier for other people to find this podcast. The help that you can't find doesn't help at all. So help other people find this so that they can help themselves. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And as always, share, share like the sugar bear because sharing is caring.